Hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you're listening to episode 253 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing all things kids' birthday parties. Gretchen on Instagram reached out to me and she said, how on earth do sustainable minimalists do birthday parties. Can you please cover this on an episode? And I thought to myself, what better time for me to cover this topic than in March when both my daughters have birthday parties. So there are five weekends in March. Three of them are dedicated to birthday party celebrations. So we are going to get into a four-part show today. In part one, we're discussing the why with regard to a no present or a present light party. So like, why would you even consider that's part one? Part two is the how do you execute it in a way that doesn't make your child feel sad, that doesn't make your guests feel as though you're strange. Part two is the how. Part three, we're talking about goodie bags. And specifically, we're talking about alternatives to goodie bags. And finally, in part four, we are outlining eco-friendly and smart decorations that don't harm the planet. So part one's the why, part two's the how, part three is the goodie bags, and part four is the decorations. We're going to get into part one after a quick word from today's first sponsor. And we are back. We're discussing kids' birthday parties. And before we get into part one, which is, of course, the why, I do want to set the groundwork. I want to explain how birthday parties look in my home so that you understand the page I'm on, the area I'm operating from as I discuss this topic. So in my home, March is always about birthdays. Both my daughters have their birthdays in March. We do a friend party for my younger daughter. Then we do a joint family party for both daughters. And then my oldest daughter has her friend party to round out the three birthday party month. All these parties have traditionally been held in my home. And that has really been true during COVID. Celebrations were smaller. We weren't going to be going to the trampoline park necessarily when there's a pandemic. So they're always generally in my home, and we're having them in my home again this year. With regard to presents, I will say up front that I do buy my children a select few birthday presents. It is their special day, and I believe that in the right quantity with intention behind them, presents are and can be a part of a child's birthday. Each child this year, I believe I'm giving three, maybe four presents. But my husband and I, we don't go overboard. The grandparents will give a couple to each child as well. Maybe their aunt will as well, but that's it. And the friends parties, so when my daughters have their friends over for their friends parties, I have always notoriously had present-free parties. And we're going to get into how I do that and why I do that and the nuts and bolts of what that looks like in a little bit. But I give presents, the grandparents give presents, their aunts give a present, and that's it. So no presents from friends. Now why? We're moving into part one. Why on earth do I have a present light birthday for both my kids? Here's a stat for you. The United States contains about 3% of the world's children, but 40% 
of the world's toys. Let that sink in for a minute. Holy moly. 3% of the world's kids, about 40% of the world's toys. I must be honest and say that in a lot of minimalist circles, step one is the creation of a vision. And creating a vision can be pretty hokey, to be honest. But in this case, when it comes to our child's birthday parties, I do believe that having a vision is a really smart place to start. And that's because if we're not intentional and if we don't have a guiding light, uh, a guiding vision, I should say, it can be really darn easy to go overboard because we mix going overboard with how much we love our kid. And we all obviously love our kids unconditionally, infinitesimally. So Starting with the vision of how we want the day to look is a smart way to start. So I always ask myself, what do I want my daughter's day to look like? And a better way of asking that would be, how do I want my daughter to feel on her special day? So step one is always about determining the reason behind the party. Are you throwing a birthday party so that your child is surrounded by family and loved ones and love on their special day? Or are you throwing a party so that your child can get a ton of new stuff? I'm almost certain, right, you're listening to this show. If you've tuned in and you've listened this far, we're on minute almost eight. If you tuned in this far, you're likely going to answer that you want your child to feel special and loved on their birthday. The presents are secondary. If I am correct in assuming that the presents are secondary, why then do so many of us put overemphasis on the presents? And if we want our children to feel loved and special and surrounded by joy and happiness on their birthdays, how can we facilitate all of that without the cheap plastic toy gifts? I view my job as a mom, or in this case, as a party planner, essentially. My job is to make my daughters feel loved and celebrated and the center of attention while also, hello, I'm the host of this podcast, while also minimizing the importance of stuff. And I do truly believe that each and every one of us can feel celebrated and appreciated and loved, etc., on our birthdays without having tangible gifts to quote-unquote prove it, right? As parents and as party planners, it is our job to fight back against the culture of consumerism that surrounds us. Our kids do not have the knowledge or the wisdom or the maturity to say enough is enough. So that's on us as parents. I know this so clearly, and this is a bit of a side note, but it really hits the point home. My family just came back from vacation. And on vacation, my children were watching television. So like normal cable television. And my children do not live in a screen-free house by any means. But when they do watch TV at home, it tends to be Netflix. So commercial and ad-free. But on vacation, they were watching Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel, etc., where eight out of 30 minutes are commercials or advertisements. This was an astounding 
shift for them, but also for me, because I swear to you, my daughters were more interested in the commercials and the stuff that was being advertised to them than the shows. On day two of vacation, they both started a list (laughs) of all the things they wanted from the commercials. I say it was astounding, but it was astounding in a not good way. These commercials told them that they wanted and they needed these items and my children really and truly bought into it. It was just such a stark difference from their normal day-to-day life and behavior. And I could see, and my husband could see in real time, the impact that this marketing was having on them. And so back to, that was a real soapbox moment, but I say all that to say that when it comes to toys, yeah, the marketers, the advertisers, the companies want us to buy more. They want us to tie our love for our child in with the purchasing of a thing. But researchers agree time and time again that children are more imaginative, more focused, happier when they're surrounded by fewer toys, specifically with regard to toddlers. And if you have a toddler at home, this is even more true. A study from the University of Toledo in Ohio suggests that an abundance of toys reduces the quality of a toddler's play. So less toys means deeper and more creative and more imaginative play for toddlers. I should also say too here that when it comes to a birthday celebration, so we're in a party, I feel, and this is quite anecdotal, I might be the only person on the planet who feels this way, but I feel as though gifts and opening presents really has a way of stopping the fun in its tracks, right? Opening presents in front of a crowd is not fun for the crowd. It's not fun for the person opening the gifts either. The kids at the party want to be playing, (laughs) and the kid who's opening the gifts may like getting the gifts. They may like opening them, but they may not. It is high stress to open presents in front of a crowd where all eyes are on you. And if there are dozens of gifts, opening gifts at a birthday party is a time sucker. So if you're having a two-hour party, do you want to spend 45 minutes of that party watching your child open gifts? Or would you rather your child have fun with their friends? I'm guessing you're all on board with this why because you're listening to this show again. (laughs) But, But if you're on board with the why, that doesn't necessarily make the how any easier. So how do you do this? How do you pull this off and make it look effortless? So that's part two of today's show, the how. And when we talk about the how, I should say first and foremost that for many of us, When we go against the grain, when we try to do things a little bit differently than everybody else, you may likely feel worried about being judged or seeming weird, or maybe you're a little bit scared about doing things differently. If you're feeling any of those things, I say, cut it out right now. (laughs) What everyone else is doing with regard to birthday parties is not working. It's not working for kids. It's not working for parents. It's not working for the planet. Full stop. It is on you. If you think there's a problem, and I think there's a problem, then it's on you to do things differently. Okay, so let's say you're going to have a present-free birthday party. So like a kid's party, no presents. How do you do it? Step one is to write it on the invitation in simple and direct 
language. If you Google how to ask for a no presence at a birthday party, you'll come up with dozens and dozens of examples. But I say write less over more. So we're just so excited to have you come. Please, no gifts. Easy, breezy, done. Or Lada has everything she needs. Please, no gifts. We just want to celebrate with you. Done. That's it. Now, if you want them to not bring a wrapped present, but you'd like something else, just ask for it because these guests will not know what you need unless you ask. So you could ask for contribution to the party theme. So if your party goers are going to be building and painting birdhouses, perhaps you ask somebody to bring paint or nails or hammers or scissors or whatever your party needs. Ask for them to bring it or ask them to bring a food item. Perhaps instead of buying, uh, I don't know, cupcakes from Stop and Shop, you ask somebody to bring the cupcakes, somebody else to bring some fruit, somebody else to bring the ice cream, and voila, you don't have to cook or acquire any food item at all. So the guests feel great because they are bringing something. Nobody likes to ever come empty-handed, but they're bringing something useful as opposed to bringing something that perhaps might never be used at all. My oldest daughter, Ani, recently went to a birthday party, and the mother on the invitation asked that instead of a gift, every child sent an email to her daughter at her daughter's unique email address. And I thought this was a great idea because number one, it was a writing activity for my almost eight-year-old. We're trying to get her to write more. What a great way. (laughs) Email your friend. It was an activity my daughter wanted to do because it meant she got to sit on my computer for 30 minutes. It was, I would imagine, wonderful for the girl whose birthday it was because she got to open her email address and see all these loving notes from her friends. And best part for the mom is there's no clutter. I should say that if you go for a no gifts birthday party, just know that some guests will forget and bring a gift anyway. Some guests will flat out ignore your request and bring a gift anyway. When that happens, when somebody shows up with a gift, we're going to be gracious about it. We're going to say thank you. We're going to take the gift and we're going to put it out of sight. We're not going to open that gift at the party because the people who didn't bring gifts are then going to feel really darn bad about themselves, right? Your daughter or your son can open the gift or gifts later. We're going to get into goodie bags and decorations after a quick word from our second sponsor. But specifically in part three, we're going to talk about how I do birthday parties and how I've done birthday parties for the last eight years. It is, in my opinion, the best idea I've ever had. So we're going to get into that after a quick word from today's second sponsor. Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email. They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts 
when my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. And we're back. We're on to part three of today's conversation, which is discussing goodie bags, aka the worst invention ever. (laughs) A goodie bag is a plastic bag filled with plastic junk. The mom who has to make them hates them. The moms who have to bring the goodie bags home hates them. Eco-minimalists obviously hate them. Junk clutter is nobody's friend. And so I suggest right here and now, if you're listening to this episode, you have a kid's birthday party to plan. I suggest we all just swear off goodie bags once and for all. Because the kids who do take them home enjoy the goodie bags contents for a grand total of three minutes, and then something breaks and then gets thrown in the trash, where that plastic thing that's broken now sits in a landfill or in our oceans for 800 some odd years. So let's just stop the goodie bag madness right now. I should say here too, before I give you some practical alternatives, that if you have older kids, maybe ages six and up, you can talk to them about junk culture, junk toys, about the problems associated with plastic. Talking about all these important topics may not change their love of cheap plastic junk overnight, but it will definitely get their gears turning. So don't be afraid to say to your children, this is why we're not doing goodie bags. We're not doing goodie bags for reasons X, Y, and Z. And just let your child sit with that knowledge. I have said on the podcast before that the best idea I've ever had is to have a no presents birthday in which on the invitation, I ask guests to bring a wrapped children's book. As of this recording, my youngest daughter, Lada, she's turning five. Tomorrow is her birthday party. Tomorrow. (laughs) On the invitation, I wrote, instead of a gift, please bring a wrapped children's book suitable for a five-year-old. So it is my hope that tomorrow all the guests will bring one wrapped children's book. And this year I'm actually doing something even a little better than last year, which was I also said gently used is fine. I gently used, I said, instead of a present, instead of a gift, please bring a gently used wrapped children's book. That's how I said it. Maybe I said it a little better. I hope I said it a little bit better on the invitation than that, but that's the essence, okay? So in a perfect world, everybody's going to bring a gently used wrapped children's book. They're not for Lada. They are the goodie bag. So I'm going to put all those books in a basket, and when the party concludes and all the kids are leaving, they get to reach into the basket and choose a wrapped children's book. I have done this now for eight years. Holy moly, is it effective. I get rid of the goodie bags. Every kid leaves with something. Every kid leaves with a book. Hello, literacy. Every kid still feels special. And voila, saves me work, saves the planet from plastic pollution, and I feel really good about it. Now, dig into this a little bit deeper. 
I have done this for eight years and I've seen the pitfalls associated with it. The number one pitfall is that not everybody brings a book. Because remember, all parents, we are united in the fact that we're overworked, over busy, not enough time. We get an invitation in our inbox and we really don't read it carefully. So there will always inevitably be a child who shows up with a present, a gift for in this case, my five-year-old Lada, but no children's book. So how over the years have I learned to stave off this potential problem? Just before recording this that we're doing right now, I took three children's books from Lada's room and I wrapped them up. So I have extra books if a kid forgets. In that way, everybody will still get a book. Lada will even still get a book in this case. So wrap up a couple extra so that your goodie bag free celebration goes off without a hitch. Now, if that's not what you're into, then I suggest perhaps you send every child home with perhaps a cupcake or some other edible or perhaps if they're making those birdhouses at the party, perhaps the birdhouse that they're going home with is their quote-unquote party favor. I should say this year for tomorrow's birthday party, Lada had one request, and that was a pinata. I was not thrilled about this request. <laughs> uh, a pinata just seems like a single-use item that we could do without, But I must give her credit in that a piñata does serve multiple purposes. It is a decoration, number one. It is an activity to keep all seven five-year-olds entertained for, I don't know, 15 minutes perhaps. And then the insides of this piñata are also goodie bag stuffers, right? In my piñata, in the piñata that we will be hitting tomorrow, we have filled it with candy. There's no plastic toys. And so the kids will take home a paper bag filled with the candy from the piñata that they collect and a wrapped children's book. The end, full stop, no plastic in sight. And so that's how we're doing goodie bags in this home. For you, if that if any of that sounds good, I'm so excited to have given you those suggestions. But if not, My hope is that you may think twice about the goodie bag and then get creative about what you can give as a party favor that's not plastic, that's not junk, and that will be used. A pencil, perhaps. A jar of honey, perhaps. I don't know. The opportunities are endless, but something useful as opposed to something wasteful. So now we're going to move on to decorations. We're going to start off the decorations part four part of this conversation with discussing balloons. Balloons in particular are a kid's birthday party staple. But I argue that you're going to call me a Scrooge, but I'm still going to argue it anyway. I argue that your kids do not need balloons at their birthday party. The dog will bark at them. Your child will play with the balloons for a total of five minutes and then someone will inevitably play too hard with the balloons and then a balloon will pop and the kid will start crying. So no balloons. The exception to this rule is if you are dedicated to reusing mylar balloons year after year. So let's get into this. There are two real types of balloons in most birthday party homes. The first is latex and the second is mylar. Latex balloons are essentially a single-use item. You blow them up with helium once. Helium, by the way, is a non-renewable resource. But 
you fill up a latex balloon, and then the latex balloon, which is clearly marked as biodegradable, which I guess it technically is, but a latex balloon takes six months to four years to decompose, and that's only if it's not swallowed by wildlife in the meantime. So latex balloons, a single-use item that's highly detrimental to wildlife. They're often swallowed. The bright colors attract animals. Animals swallow them or get caught up in the strings. So say no to latex balloons. Mylar balloons, which are also known in some areas of the world as foil balloons, are made of nylon with a metallic coating. Now, nylon is a form of plastic. So these balloons are the shiny silver metal ones, right? Again, they are not great. And if you can have a birthday party without any sort of balloon, mylar included, I say that would be an A-plus behavior. However, the caveat here is that mylar balloons, if you are careful with, at the end of the party, removing the helium, you can gently untie the bottom of a mylar balloon, let out the helium, fold the empty balloon up, stick it in your birthday box, and refill it every single year. So think about that if you just absolutely have to have balloons. Find mylar balloons that are not age-specific. So don't get a gigantic Elsa because your 13-year-old, when she turns 13, is not going to want a gigantic Elsa. Find a happy birthday mylar balloon that you can commit to reusing year after year and take care of it. Moving on to party hats and noisemakers and confetti, et cetera, et cetera. Party hats, you can use the same ones over and over again. If the string that goes under the chin breaks, just fix it. We don't need to be buying new party hats every year. Just be gentle and save them. Noisemakers, are they necessary? I hate noisemakers. I hate unnecessary noise, personally, but... Do you think your child's party will be ruined without them? I say no. I say skip the noisemakers. Confetti. Okay, confetti is such a mess, and most of it is made from plastic. So it is a microplastic. (laughs) It doesn't even break down to become a microplastic. They are selling us a microplastic. There is biodegradable confetti. You can purchase that if you absolutely have to have confetti, or you can just go without. Again, the essence, the vision of a birthday party is for your child to be surrounded by family and friends, not noisemakers, not balloons, not confetti. Some other options here when it comes to decorations. When my children were smaller, I made them each a banner. I don't know if a banner's the right word will come to me, but we're going to go with banner. Basically, I took old ribbon and I tied it all to a longer string of ribbon and then I hung it on the mantle from edge to edge. Is that a banner? I'm not sure. But it's basically just a colorful piece of decoration. And on the end of some of the ribbons, I taped a picture of my children. And so year after year, I'm adding pictures to this banner. And year after year, I hang up the same decoration. And it's really become something I look forward to hanging up every year because I get to look back at pictures of my daughters when they were smaller. It's the same with putting the same Christmas decoration up every year. You look forward to unpacking the Christmas box and putting up the same decorations. There's a sense of nostalgia there. It's the same with my banner. And now I can say that if you, if that's too much work, if you don't want to make anything, I hear that. But 
you could decorate the house with old school photos of your child. If you're like me, you have a five by seven frame and every year when the school picture gets comes in, you put it to the front of the frame and all the old school pictures are go behind it. Why not decorate with those old pictures? Put them each in a frame and put them around the house or line them up chronologically on the mantle. Do something with those pictures. We're celebrating another year around the sun, another year older. So how can we celebrate that growth? Maybe we use the school pictures for that. I should also say here too that food can be decoration. In my home, we tend to go above and beyond with the cakes. (laughs) I love cake. Who doesn't love cake? But the cakes, the -the over-the-top cakes, are a main focal point. They're a main decoration. They're an edible decoration. But I suggest finding a place to splurge and doing it consistently every year. So in my home, it is the cake. We do go big with the cakes. And my kids think for weeks about what they want on their cakes and how they want them to look. And then I order them and I pay more money than... I would if I just went to the supermarket for these cakes. They're always expensive, but having these gorgeous cakes are part of the tradition of having another birthday. We have pictures of them in our photo albums. Uh, The cakes make my kids feel special and heard and celebrated. And remember, that's the vision to make our kids feel special and heard and celebrated. So that's all worth it for me. So I hope I gave you some ideas here next time you celebrate your child's birthday. If you have no kids but are going to a child's birthday party, I suggest you ask the host what on earth you can bring that will be helpful. I also suggest that instead of giving a toy to the child whose birthday it is, perhaps instead you give an experience, eco-minimalism, tried and true principles right there. The bottom line is that if you are hosting a party, you get to control how you want it to look. You can't control everything, but you can darn near try. (laughs) So if you hate plastic gender junk, you have the power to not buy it. If you hate the fact that wildlife is dying because of balloons, you have the power to not buy balloons. We are not cogs on the consumerist wheel. We are eco-minimalists in charge of our home domains. So listeners, I'd love to hear your best thoughts, tips, suggestions when it comes to kids' birthday parties. You can reach out to me. My email is in the show notes. You can reach out to me on social media. We got a really great closed Facebook group with, I think we're up to 4,000 members now, and you guys are a bazillion times smarter than me. So come join us there. Leave your best kids' birthday party tips. I will see you on Tuesday. Have an amazing weekend and take care. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.